Hello, I'm Portia Parker Griffin, and I want to welcome you to the Career 101 podcast, a place for ambitious professionals and seasoned executives who want an edge in their career. We're talking about all of the things you were never taught or told when it comes to career growth, development, and change. Now, let's get into it. Today, we are talking about entrepreneurship, having courage in business with Harlan Hammock. Harlan Hammock is a sought-after business and leadership coach, author, speaker, and host of the groundbreaking podcast, The Courage to Lead. Coach Harlan empowers high-performing professionals to break free of the corporate nine-to-five, embrace their zone of genius, and launch their independent consulting businesses. Harlan was also kind of enough to have me on his podcast a couple of times over the last couple of years. So hi, Harlan. How are you today? I'm great. It's exciting to be here. Thanks very much. Yeah, well, we are excited to have you with us to discuss having courage in business. But first, we want to know a little bit more about you. So tell me about seven-year-old Harlan. Hmm, That was a long time ago for me. (laughs) You know, growing up in Southern California, three brothers, so family of six. I think I wanted to be a, a policeman at that time. Mm. I don't know what happened to that. Um, I think I talked <laughs> to somebody out of high school and they said, no, no, <laughs> go uh-huh. somewhere else, do something different. But yeah, I think I, I think I wanted to be a, a police officer and it's everything that I do is kind of around helping people. And I saw police officers as, as helping, you know, so I wanted to help. And uh, so that's kind of been my background. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. And yeah, there are certain places where I think being a police officer are more dangerous. So Southern California is definitely one of those places. Yes. So I'm sure you're, you're doing a lot of helping now and, and, you know, we get to have you help us with, with businesses and other things. Sure. So I want you to just tell us about some highlights or pivotal moments in your career before you started your business. Well, for the last 25 years or so, I was a management consultant in the area of organizational change management. So we're working with companies that were undergoing some major change, merger acquisition, process re-engineering, restructuring, a new software implementation, uh, SAP, Oracle, something like that. We would work with the executive team to help them understand the impacts of that change, help them communicate the change, and then lead their people through the change. Really, that was our goal is to make sure that the employees were as productive and the business profitable after the change as they were before. So that was really the goal. So I did that for about 25 years, traveling every Monday through Friday on a plane, going somewhere. And uh, after about 25 years, I decided, you know what? I don't want to get on a plane anymore. After a while, it gets to be like riding the bus. And I didn't want to ride the bus. So I told my wife, after I finished this one project, I would just want to kind of stay around home for a while and maybe focus on that area that I really enjoy, which is working with the, the leadership teams. So I started coaching, business coaching, and have had the pleasure of working with some great little companies around the Atlanta area and yeah, just having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. And management consulting is, is very interesting. And as is change management, I don't know if I have told you this Harlan, but I'm getting a master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology. And so change management, I think I'm getting ready to take a course on organizational change, but it kind of is an undercurrent in a a lot of what we talk about. So I think it's interesting. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. No, people think that business 
businesses are just businesses and they run, but there is a psychology. They're a, they're a living organism and you have to understand the thought processes that go into the decisions that are being made and how people interact and, and the engagement of employees. And yeah, there's a lot to it. So I think you're going to enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. I am, I am enjoying it. Um, and a lot of kind of just, I think what I definitely talk about with clients and what I'm sure you talk about with clients is just kind of naturally within the degree. So Harlan, what were some of your biggest career challenges before you started your business? Hmm. Aside from the the travel, like I said, that gets old. I worked for some great companies all over the US, Canada, Mexico, the UK, Europe. Had a great time meeting a lot of people, doing the same thing essentially, but meeting all the different companies and stuff. But a lot of the challenges are as a consultant, you're not always there to see the end result. You work and work and work and then your end of the project is done and you walk away and you never get to see the outcome of all the work you've done. And that was kind of frustrating sometimes. You know, you want to be there to see it. Now as a business coach, I see the lights come on. I see the, the business improve. You know, I see their profit and loss statements, you know, at the end of the year and see how much they've improved and everything like that. Uh, that's a lot more fulfilling. So that was that was one of the things that was tough. And then I worked for a couple small companies before I started my own consultancy, I4E. We worked for a couple different uh, companies, my wife and I both. And when it came time to bid on these contracts for, a, say, a SAP implementation, Oracle implementation, something like that, a lot of times if the client would balk at the price of the, the contract or the, the program, they would cut out organizational change. They would cut out training. They would cut out communication and just figure, oh, somebody within the business will take care of all that. And so they would just discount everything that we did and toss it off to the side. And so I sat down with my wife one evening in the hotel room when we were on a project. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to start IB4E and just focus just on organizational change. And that's what I did back in 2003. And so since 2003, that's what we've been doing is uh, just straight organizational change. Oh, wow. That's great. That's great. So I heard you mention earlier that you really enjoyed working with people and management teams. How did you decide to kind of shift from that consulting aspect with change management to becoming a coach? Yeah, like I said, the thing that I really enjoyed was working with a leadership team to help them understand the impacts that they have on their business and the business has on, on their employees, helping them understand what those impacts were like, um, helping them communicate their vision for the company um, and then lead their people to that vision, you know? And so I, I started networking and meeting some companies and found a, a few people that were struggling. Now, technically they were great at what they did, right? Plumbers, electricians, that was the group that I worked with a lot when I first started. They were technically great at what they did, but they didn't really understand the nuances of running a business, engaging employees, hiring, you know, retaining employees and things like that. So getting to sit down with them and walk them through how business works and and really understand, like I said, you see the lights come on in their eyes? Like, wow, now I get it. Now I understand what I'm doing and why, you know, we're, we're told to do certain things. A lot of them didn't understand their numbers. They didn't know if you asked them things about their business, they had no idea how to come up with those numbers, what those numbers meant, how they influence those numbers. So I was able to sit down with them and kind of walk them through that process. So it's a lot more re rewarding to sit with somebody that is really hungry to learn and, you know, and want to improve and then actually see it happen and see them grow. Um, I've got one client that I'm working with that uh, he was the operations manager of a small commercial electrical company. And he hired me because he had just become the boss, right? And wanted to learn how to be a better communicator, better leader. But he was frustrated because the owner of the company didn't want to invest any more money in the business. And so I told him, well, you've got two choices. You can start your own company in direct competition with this guy, or you can buy him out. And that's what he ended up doing. He and his wife got together and they ended up buying out the company. Now he owns the company. They went from 750000 in annual revenue. And this year they're going to clear $5 million. Wow. And the company has grown. Their, their you know, client base has grown. And they're, they're just, they're thrilled. They can't believe you know 
how far they've come. And it's been like three years, I think we've been working together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just exciting. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So I want to talk a little bit now about courage. Courage is important for entrepreneurs at all stages of their business. We see this a lot with some of our clients who are business owners. What is your definition of courage? I think courage is having the fear, but doing it anyway, right? Knowing this is going to be painful. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a struggle, but knowing that you've got to do it to, to get to where you want to go. Everybody says that, you know, the, the success in life is really somewhere out side of your comfort zone. And you have to be able to step outside of that comfort zone. You mentioned my podcast, The Courage to Lead. That's one thing we, we talk about. The premise behind the podcast is what does it take to be a courageous leader? Where do you find the courage to walk away from the nine to five to create your own success? Where do you find the courage to overcome those setbacks, the divorce, the bankruptcy, right? Pick yourself up and, and keep moving. And you're right. Entrepreneurs, I mean, we're kind of built differently, <laughs> you know, entrepreneurs. I will never be a good employee for anybody else now that I've kind of run my own. You have to find that courage to to walk away from that that comfort level, the the safety net of, you know, always having the the paycheck coming in and stuff like that to to go out and start your own your own business. So how do you keep that momentum up and how do you face those challenges? And yeah, that's what we talk about a lot on the podcast is is where do you find that courage? How do you where do you do you see somebody else displaying courage and emulate them? Do you have a mentor that helps you, you know, get the gumption up and get out there and do it? Or exactly where does that come from? Yeah. And there are different types of courage that we talk about too on the podcast. One of the ones is intellectual courage, right? Having the courage to set aside your long-held beliefs to make room for brand new knowledge. For a lot of leaders, they feel that they have to be the smartest person in the room. And you have to have the courage to set that aside and ask your employees or ask your team, I don't know the right answer here. What could we do? How can we do this? How can we make this happen? And allow somebody else's ideas to, to come out. And that takes courage. You know, you have to admit that I don't really know what I'm doing right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. You said a, a lot of great things there. I, one thing I wanted to piggyback on was when you were talking about, you know, courage being kind of just outside of your comfort zone and knowing when you can take that leap into your business full-time, which is, you know, one big conversation that comes up a lot with our clients. And you mentioned safety net. And one thing we help our clients with sometimes is creating an exit strategy. Yes. You know, for example, when I started my business, Fly High Coaching, I continued working for almost a year and a half full-time, you know, for a firm before going, you know, into my business full-time when you think about kind of that safety net and kind of how that plays into courage, how do you help your clients with that? Really the same thing. If, if they're starting off, you know, they're working, but they have this idea that they want to go independent and either start their own business or become a consultant, right? At, at what point, like, what do you need to feel safe? What do you need to feel comfortable? Some people, it's three to six months of revenue in the bank. Uh, you know, money to cover the basic expenses and everything like that. So having them understand what that number might be for them to make them feel comfortable. How many clients do you need to sustain that, you know? And then how many leads do you need to get in to convert to paying customers to make that happen? So they understand all those numbers, what that funnel looks like. And once that funnel starts building, to where they're getting that safety net. Now it's a little bit easier to say, hey, I can turn my back on this job or I can, you know, walk away or something like that. I've encouraged a couple of people to, you know, use their vacation time to really focus on their business and see if they can get that rolling. And then that kind of helps it, you know, build a little bit. But yeah, it's all about feeling comfortable or being okay with the discomfort. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when I help 
my client buy the company. That was a tough decision for them to make, but we talked through it. We looked at the possibilities. We looked at what he thought he could do. And we projected some numbers said, based on what you've done just in the few years, you've been the operations manager. Here's where you could be in a couple of years. It helped them say, you know, let's, let's do this. And uh, yeah, it's exciting, but it does. It definitely takes courage. Yeah. It's definitely exciting. And you mentioned intellectual courage already, but I know that many people think of courage differently. What are the different types of courage that you think are important? So intellectual, definitely. Moral courage, definitely. I, I, you shouldn't be in business if you don't have that moral foundation, I don't think. Social courage, saying what needs to be said, when it needs to be said, even if it's unpopular. Empathetic courage, being able, again, to set aside your emotions to make room for somebody else's emotions. You know, it's one thing to walk through your office or your plant and say hi to your employees. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? But not really engaging with them. When you stop and say, really, how are you doing? And that person brings a problem to you. You have to be able to set aside whatever you think about this situation and make room for them to to talk about their emotions and stuff. And that's sometimes that's tough. Those are those difficult conversations that, you know, managers have to have. But, you know, people have said that they bring up different types of courage that they think right? The, the resilience, you know, how to come back from a, a setback as a, as a type of courage. The Career 101 podcast is brought to you by Fly High Coaching, where we help our clients soar to their full potential. More and more professionals and executives are setting out to achieve their career goals, but without the right support, it can be difficult, if not impossible. Whether you need career coaching interview coaching, or a professional resume, we're here to help. Check us out on our website, fly-highcoaching.com. I I love what you said about resilience, Harlan. That was another one that I was thinking of. And you're so right. As an entrepreneur, resilience is a type of courage. And it's one of those things that there's going to be that rejection. There are going to be setbacks. And how do you keep going and and move through that? And I've had a couple of people on on the the program that talked about one guy was put in jail for a crime he didn't commit and spent five years in jail. He could have turned to the dark side right? His family abandoned him. His friends abandoned him. He could have turned to the dark side, but he didn't. He improved himself. He learned and and bettered himself. And now he's out coaching other people. Talk to an NFL football player who, after being in the NFL, had a successful career, started his own uh, construction company. They were doing like 15 million a year annual revenue. And he lost everything because of his arrogance, taking on jobs that he knew full well they couldn't do, but not saying no, because he just had that, that arrogance about him. Lost everything, ended up working as a janitor, for $8 an hour until he could climb his way back out. And now he's a multi-published author, you know, and speaker, keynote speaker, and just has pulled himself out. But it's that resilience. Where do you find that? How do you get that courage? And where does that come from? And I love those stories. That's that's one thing. I, I started the podcast because I love talking to people and hearing their stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That Both of the stories that you've shared today are just very profound to me and I'm, I'm sure to everyone else listening. So from your perspective, Harlan, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen entrepreneurs have with their own level of courage? And and by level, I think sometimes people think 
courage is kind of black or white. Either you have it or you don't. I think of it as more of a level. It's a muscle that we have to work. So, you know, what are some of those challenges that you see with entrepreneurs and their level of courage? For brand new entrepreneurs, one of the things, and I suffered from this and maybe you did too, you think I'm going to be an overnight success because you read about people, you see everything that they do. Oh, I started and and a week later I was making a seven figure income. To get the entrepreneur to, to slow down and take baby steps and see the the small wins that lead to the bigger wins that lead to the bigger wins, you know? So really to get them to, to really focus on what is it going to take to do this and then do those, those minute things, you know, and, and be consistent about it. You know, you can't do things one time and expect results, right? You can't do one push-up and expect, you know, to be a, a Schwarzenegger or something like that. It takes it takes time. It takes commitment and you have to continue to grow a little at a time. I think that's one of the biggest things that, that our entrepreneurs struggle with. And the other piece is, is just finding that support system, whether it's a, a coach or mentor, whether it's other people in business, like a mastermind group where you can, you know, talk to other people and, and, and find out what they're struggling with and how they got through it and, and feel that camaraderie in that. You don't want to go it alone, right? Nobody's an island. And uh, I think we can help all help support each other. And that's why I'm a, a big proponent of mastermind groups. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of great insights there. And I, I see that a lot too, what you mentioned about the small wins and really appreciating those, right? As an entrepreneur and seeing how from the big picture, they lead to bigger results. Sometimes I talk to entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, and I've heard some people say things like, well, if it's not going to be, you know, Know, big or successful, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to do it. I don't want to get involved. Yeah. And and usually I can tell that person is either pretty early in the, the journey or they don't really have the frame of reference around what it really takes to start a business and run a business. But, and they are obviously skipping that part about mm-hmm. understanding the small wins, like you talked about. One challenge that I had. So when I started my business, I didn't know any other business owners. So I got on a plane and went to a events and met other people, but I started seeing the small wins, but I call it the employee or the entrepreneur mindset. And so I'd get excited about the small wins. And a lot of the people that I knew that had the employee mindset, they were like, what's that? You know, (laughs) you know, it's not a million dollars today. And so to your point, I think that support system and and recognizing those things are so important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, getting family, a lot of like when we first started our own, you know, consulting company, family didn't understand what we were doing. What do you mean you go and tell people how to run their business. You know, what do you mean you're getting on a plane and you they're actually going to pay you for this, right? Mm-hmm. So getting them to understand, finding that group of people that really understand what you do and and support you because a lot of a lot of people that are are stuck in that um employee mindset. They think, "Oh, you're crazy. You'll be back. You know, this is going to fail. You're going to be right back here, you know, flipping burgers with us or something." You've got to set your goals, make sure you surround yourself with people, like-minded people, and uh yeah, and keep pushing forward. I think another thing now that you talk about it is where people want to be everything to every Everybody, you know, so a big thing that happens with coaches. Oh, I want, I can help anybody. I can help everybody. And you end up helping nobody because, you know, your, your focus is too broad. So one of the things I talk about with my clients is to simplify, strategize and systematize, right? Simplify. Who are you? What do you do? Who do you do it for? And why? Right. Really focus on your niche, your zone of genius, and and do that. Bring that to the world because that's what the world needs. Strategize. What are the strategies you need to put in place to accomplish the goals that you've set for yourself? And then the systems. 
I'm a big proponent of systems. Put those systems in place are kind of like recipes. And if you run that recipe, you know what the result's going to be. You can measure it. You can plan on it and forecast it. So that's what I try to help them to do to really get focused in on, on what it is they want to accomplish. Yeah, I completely agree. To your point about the support system, I've told my clients to take it a step further. Most people think of their support system and they think about their family and their friends. And then I say, so let's talk about a career support system. The people who are unbiased and, you know, have that outsider's perspective because you're right. A lot of times family members and friends don't get it. Mine didn't (laughs) either (laughs) when I started. So what are some tips? You've started sharing some, simplify, strategize, and systematize, but I want to know what are some other tips that you would give a business owner who uh, wants to increase their level of courage? Baby steps. Pick pick a goal and, and take a step towards it. And you'll see that it doesn't hurt you know, take another step, keep moving towards it and, and look at what's happening. You know, are you achieving the result you're after? If not change the tack, change the the path. Don't change the goal, leave the goal where it is, but try a different way to get to it. Try new things. You know, don't be afraid to try new things. What's going to happen? I mean, I, I try to do that whole slippery slope with my clients. What's the worst possible thing that, that could happen? Could you survive that? Would you be okay? Well, then go ahead and try it right? Because there are going to be times where you're going to have to really step outside that comfort zone. So think about it. What's the worst that could happen? Are people going to laugh and point at you? Okay. I've had that happen before, you know, it hurts for a minute, but then you get over it and and go out and do do the next best thing. And uh, yeah, just keep, keep plugging away at it. Yeah. Yeah. So once an entrepreneur moves past that startup phase and they progress to a new level, how do you think that they can keep working on their courage? Hmm. And I think we have to tap into the courage every day, uh, regardless of what we're doing. One of the, I guess it's just finding out once you set your goals, you know, what's, what scares you a little bit about your goals. If your goals don't scare you a little bit, they're not big enough, right? Put out a big goal. And then what scares you a little bit? And then what could you do to take that next step? Surround yourself with people who see that vision. You know, they're compelled by that vision. They want to help with that vision and uh, work together to do that. You know, we talk a lot with clients about, you know, hire the person that you need in your team. Don't try to wear every hat yourself. Don't try to do everything yourself. Hire those people in and talk to them. Here's my vision. Here's my goal. Here's where I want to get. How can we get there together and uh and use them borrow them you know borrow their courage and like i said you see somebody who who excels at something and that gives you the courage to to go out and try a little bit more so yeah surround yourself with good people Very important. Very important. So tell us more about your business, IB4E Coaching. Yeah, IB4E. We started with the consulting side, IB4E. And it it started off as McKenzie had an ad years and years ago, big full page ad in the New York Times that said E when everything was e-commerce and e-training and e-learning. Mm-hmm. E equals MC with a little K for McKenzie, right? And I thought that was classic. That was awesome. And mm-hmm. so I wanted a, a company name that would resonate with people and people would think about it. Well, IB4E. E. We learned in school, I before E, except after C, right? And if you keep that mnemonic in mind, when you're trying to spell American words anyways, it usually works out pretty well, right? 90, 95% of the time, you'll get the right spelling. Same thing in business. There are certain things you have to do in business. You have to do them consistently and apply that, right? So as long as you keep that in mind and do those things and do them consistently and do them right in the right order, you'll be successful 90, 95% of the time. So that's why we picked I before E. And like I said, I just love coaching people, working with people to help them be as successful as they can be. I was asked one time, what what exactly do you do? And I, jokingly, I don't know where this came from, but I told somebody, well, I'm a profit archaeologist. I help <laughs> dig into your company uh-huh. to find out where that profit is, you know, where the costs and, and expenses are that are taking away your profit. And that's really one of the things that that I love to do is get in there and see how I can help them improve the business and stuff. So yeah, since uh, it's been about six years now Mm -hmm. that uh, I've been coaching and just loving it. 
having a great time. I love that. Profit archaeologist. <laughs> and I didn't know the story behind your business name. That is so cool. I also think about it, Harlan, with what you mentioned about like baby steps earlier mm-hmm. in this conversation. I also think of like I before E, it's kind of like those steps, right? The steps you need if you're spelling something, but also in your business, right? Yeah. So very cool. Very cool. Absolutely. So you kind of just alluded to this, but I'm interested to know what is your definition of career success, right? Or business success, however you want to look at it. Success means different things for different people. For me, it was having the freedom to choose, right? Rather than working for a big consulting company where they send you to a client and you work whether you want to or not, you're working for that client. I wanted the opportunity to choose who I work for and when and where. I wanted the opportunity to be able to choose to focus on organizational change or communication or training. And to me, that was success. When I was able to choose jobs and pick jobs and you know work when I wanted and, and not, you know, a lot of times we take the entire month of December off just because we can, right? That freedom for me is success. Some people it's revenue or or the money that they they have coming in. That's big for them. But yeah, just it all depends. But yeah, that's one of the things we want to, you know, talk to clients about is specifically what does this mean to you? What is it you're after? And then how can I help you get there? Right. So what is it that would mean success to you? And for everybody, it's a little bit different. Yeah, I completely agree. We'll be providing a link to your website and other social channels in our show notes so that people can find you online. But what is the best way for someone to get in touch with you, Harlan? Email. Well, first of all, LinkedIn. I'm all all over LinkedIn. Um, You can find me. Just look up Harlan Hammock or IB4E Coaching. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can email me directly at coach at IB4E.com. Yeah. And if you're one of those people who are considering becoming an independent consultant. Maybe you're, I just had this, a client called up and said, Hey, my, my company has called me back to work in the office full-time and they don't want to make that hour long commute up into Atlanta. And they said, how do I do what you're doing? You know, if you're in that position where you don't want to go back to work, you know, at your corporate office and things like that, you're considering independence. I can help you out with that. And I've got a website, just go out to ib4e-coaching.com forward slash independence. There's some information there. So ib4e-coaching.com forward slash independence. Right. Great. So my last Last question for you, Harlan. Yes. Uh, I like to ask everyone this. So how do you think executives or professionals can get a positive edge in their career or their business? I would say knowing, setting your goal, knowing exactly what it is you want. You know, too many times we go out there and just kind of take what's given. And that, to me, that's not success. That's not happiness. I want to know what it is I'm after and then set a goal for that and start planning how I'm going to achieve that. So really knowing what it is that that you want to do and, and what it'll take to get there and then doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting clarity around that goal, clarity. Um, I think is, is so important. And that's, I think what a lot of uh, coaches do. So Harlan, you've shared a lot of insights with us today, and I'm sure that our listeners can use it to have more courage in their businesses. We appreciate you being with us. Yeah, thanks very much. This was great. I'm looking forward to talking to you and stuff. It's always exciting to talk to you. Yes. This episode was brought to you by the Brave Bird Career Alliance, the go-to membership designed for seasoned executives and ambitious professionals with everything you need for career planning, strategy, training, and support. Thank you again for listening to the Career 101 podcast. I hope you have at least one key takeaway that you can use in your own career. If you've enjoyed hanging out with us, please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. Until next time, here's to your success.